We're back. We're back. It's a distraction. I'm Drew. That's Roth. How you doing, Roth? I'm good, man. How are you? It's snowing. It's snowing. Yeah, we love it. I, you know what? I love it because I live in a place where, like, every snow forecast turns to shit. Like, it's like, oh, we're getting like six inches of snow, and then the forecast is like, actually, no, it's three. Actually, no, it's two. Actually, you know what? It's sleet, and then you get nine <laughs> inches of sleet. For like eight months, and it sucks. I hate it. I know we're in for like a proper thing. I've been, over the last few years, New York has been pioneering uh, and continuing our trend as a national leader. Uh, Usually snow turns to slush pretty quickly here, but we've had, uh, the last few years, it's just been coming down as slush, which I think is really efficient. It's kind of like the the money ball of having wet socks all day long. It's it's awful. And I I am not a, uh, even though... Even though I come from Minnesota and I and I like I talk about the Vikings to an annoying degree, like I don't support like like Michelle Bachman's from Minnesota. Minnesota does not have a lot of things going for it, but like the weather, you get a snowpack. Like the snow stays, and, like it sticks around. You can do snow, fun snow things in Minnesota. Yeah, and I like that. It's colder than death, but you know. Uh, hey, we have a guest this week, David Roth. Is it is it former uh, Congressman Michelle Bachman? I love no, it's her. Not, it's not. It's uh, it's uh, extremely talented and wonderful comedian James Austin Johnson. Hi, James. How are you? Hi, everybody. Hi, I Drew and David. It's so great to meet you guys. Um, not on the internet, but on the internet here on a video conference. It's yeah, it's, right. it's a totally yeah. different medium because you can see how <laughs> jowly I am. I can see yeah. you guys, you can see me, you can see that I'm merely just, you know, a, a sad um, uh, man gaining weight in obscurity <laughs> in the ashes of Hollywood after our fearless leader murdered the entertainment industry, and um, here I stand, and now I'm a Trump impersonator, which is the most noble um, <laughs> pursuit, I would say, in comedy, really in media. Really yeah. in media. I, re- I think it, in many ways it's the bravest thing that you can be. I am so... I am so... Uh, so are, you're done, right? Like, you don't need to do this shit anymore. I, I'm i gonna have to, to some degree, and there are... You know, Tony Atamanuk is the best Trump. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the record here on your on your podcast and say that I think that Anthony Atamanuk's Trump is the, um, the Ur. That's the Ur Trump. Yeah, it's the gold. It's, it's been the Trump. gold standard. It's been the gold standard for forever. He said that he, as soon as Trump loses, he's done with it, and I don't blame him because he's kind of been. He's honestly, to me, been the only funny Trump since 2015, and my yeah. version's a little different. And uh, am I ready to not do it anymore? Yes. Am I tired of doing cameos for people as Trump roasting their parents' cats? Yes. Uh, do I do I want to be a Trump guy going forward and known as a guy who speaks about Trump uh, professionally? No. Um, will I keep doing this all the time? Yes, probably. Yes. Yeah, that's all the time. I remember yeah. I interviewed um, James Adomian. This was years ago. This was after when so when Obama was coming in. I wrote a story for the New Republic about the sort of like the collapse of the Bush impersonator economy. That there were people that. Like, Adomian's a comedian and a genius, and so it's a different sort of thing. But there were guys that just kind of looked like Bush that would go to trade shows and get up there and be like, you know, you guys want to hear me do 9-11 stuff? And they'd be like, yeah, we love you, sir. <laughs> and, like, that was his whole gig. And uh, 
the Adomian, I asked him about doing the impression, and he was like, I cannot fucking wait to stop. He's like, it hurts my face. I remember the phrase, uh, dim monkey smirk, was the <laughs> phrase that he used to describe <laughs> of having to do George W. Bush's face. I, you know what? It's, I think it's especially hard for someone like Adomian who is like, he's like a true intellectual. Like, he's actually thoughtful about a lot of this stuff. I am a idiot. I don't know anything <laughs> about politics. I am not a good advocate or ally for anything I actually believe. Um, and I don't read books that aren't um, Star Wars Expanded Universe paperbacks from 1985. <laughs> so I, am, I, I, I feel like Adomian has a heavier weight on his shoulders because he actually is intelligent and uh, thoughtful and uh, a, an activist. And I don't think I'm... I don't think I can say I'm I'm any of those things. Maybe intelligent, but uh, yeah, thoughtful. No, I'm callous but, and. Crude. But that's what makes the impression work. Like you have to blow smoke up your ass. But one of the reasons I liked the impression when I heard it was that you nailed like the the affect, which is that Trump cannot pause. Like there's no periods in anything he says. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just one. It's one run-on sentence that goes on for like fucking eight years. Yeah. But then also. Uh, the fact that you didn't, and I know you talked to our friends at the discourse about it, you, you made a con- sort of conscious decision to not have him talking about politics. Like, he's just talking about, like, 100 gecks, like, oh, you have 500, 1,000 gecks. Like, <laughs> We're and doing that's a lot like, of gecks. We're doing a lot that, of gecks. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, like that's him. Like, like, he literally could have been doing anything else and been the same yeah. stupid, arrogant piece of shit. It's just that he happens to be president, but his, like, his uh, his mo is applicable whether he's talking about anything and has been even before he was president because he's just a stupid asshole who he, like who talked about like what he saw on TV before that and he's yeah. that now but it's him who's on the TV. I feel I I don't know if there are a lot of Republicans that feel duped by duped by him. I know that I've been here in Nashville, Tennessee, with my um, alternately staying at my parents' house and my my wife's family um, are also. They also live here. And I've been talking to a lot of people who did vote for Trump and who traditionally vote Republican. And they're all just exhausted. They're tired of this guy basically standing in the way of all of their action plan. Like, the, it's settling in that he, he hasn't turned out a lot of material gains that reflect the, um, the wishes of the... McConnellites, other than just pure obstruction, other than just like undoing things and stopping things yeah. and blocking like things. The, like the emotional experience of like making libs cry, I'd say he's delivered yeah. on that. But yeah, oh. if you wanted more than that, no, you have not gotten it. Yeah, if you wanted more than sort of a symbolic uh, nod to um, what you're hoping for, I mean, I think he really is. <laughs> I think he's the rights Obama. I think he has this, he's this symbol of like a. Um, vague promise of hope uh, for for a lot of uh the people on the right it's like no he means a lot and i'm like yeah but what does it translate to and they're like ah, uh, wars still happen all the time and i'm yeah. i don't have that much more money so like to me it's he's he's pretty empty and he he could you're right he could be doing anything he could be he's literally the villain of any kids movie that that was the (laughs) that was the first thing that struck me when when he was when his name was getting batted around to for the nomination way back i was like have you ever seen one movie so yeah you've seen one movie right and the guy who 
the guy who either falls in the pit of acid in the Batman movie or the guy who like farts and 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 ends up in a big like full body cast by the end being like Frankie Muniz I can't believe you you got the Christmas party started without me you know he's he's the villain in a Disney Channel original movie and he has one song that rips he has his be aware Jeremy Irons moment but He's not much more than that, and Frankie Muniz will uh, win, and he will, and he will be sipping a virgin daiquiri on a tropical beach as the credits roll, and a Blink One Eighty Two song plays. So yeah, it's any any of the buddies movies. He would be the bad guy, in any, like Space Buddies or Spooky Buddies. <laughs> yes, Step- like he'd be the one who would want to like turn the the buddies into like puppy soup. I'm giving him way too much credit. You're right. He's definitely. He's definitely the bad guy in a dog movie and not yeah. even one of those maudlin <laughs> Christian dog movies with Dennis no. Quaid yeah. and Milo Ventimiglia. No. Just he, a boilerplate <laughs> secular shitty dog movie. Just a, yeah. just a shitty cash grab of CGI mouths on, on four adorable <laughs> <lab> puppies. <laughs> Baby golden retrievers, yeah. I was thinking when you were talking about the idea of him as like both uh, you know the central character of American politics and then also like an obvious off-the-rack villain of like a Zack Snyder reboot of Pee-wee's Big Adventure that focuses on the awful rich kid with the pool. Oh, yeah. Is that is Francis? Is it Francis? Yeah, it's Francis. Francis. Yeah, he's so Ruben-esque. <laughs> I'm listening to reason! <laughs> I Oh, man. I'm going to miss him. He is hilarious, intentionally and unintentionally hilarious, which a lot of the great comedians have that thing. Um and it's just such a shame to me that Donald Trump doesn't have the final piece of the triangle that a lot of the great um, comedians have, which is a massive substance abuse problem that kills you <laughs> at, in right. your 40s or 50s. And, it would uh, be so much fun, much more fun if you were an alcoholic. It, really it would, would, and he would be funnier. I mean, let's be honest. I don't want to encourage um, drug use or substance abuse on this show, but think, I do. think yeah. about how hilarious he would be if he was like a true cokehead if he was a true alcoholic i I, he would just be saying the funniest stuff all the time i feel like it would be the same stuff and the same type of stuff but just playing at 45 rpm instead of 33 which you want that i mean i want that i want that i mean he's already like the stuff that you i think nail as well with this too is that like he's just kind of riffing all the time about the shit that he cares about and most of the stuff that he cares about is like, you know, whatever he saw, like a whatever a rerun of like Married with Children, and like uh, Peg was very rude to Al, and this is like yeah. unacceptable behavior or whatever. But that, like, if if it was that, but then also he literally like didn't even get the four hours of sleep that he gets a night now, and also had like scummier hangers on. Like, if you replace like Mike Flynn with like an actual just a drug dealer. Yeah, like I think that there's levels you could reach. I, a guy like this is basically a small town podcaster. Like divorce him from divorce him from the privilege and wealth that came from his you know KKKs real estate mogul family, and he is just a dude who collects like Final Fantasy VII posters in his <laughs> mom's basement. And he's, you know, he's 48 and he's still doing the screamy podcast and a, a blindly incel podcast about how women are unfair to him and, and don't want to date him. And he's supposed to be talking about Cloud and Tifa and he just can't get around to it. It's called 
it's called uh, the Life Stream Pod, but he just talks about <laughs> women who hate him, and the FBI tracks his every move and all his purchases on Craigslist. And I think it's really that he 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 just. The fact that he had access to the college prep pipeline at all, that he had access to that world of elites as a kid, even from outside looking in as it was, even by not being able to relate to them on any, you know, he didn't read, he didn't read the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe with the rest of the class or anything. He could never like talk to them and meet them on the elite intellectual side. Uh, But he did probably have like a cool little Polaroid he got of like women's underwear or something. He probably had something (laughs) that did... He had some sort of exchange with those people. Cut off from that entire world in New York, he's he's just a, a screaming podcaster and pro- probably would be in prison for doing something drastic to get on the news, something murdery, something showy like that. It, I, like I, chaining himself to a theater that was showing the, the Ghostbusters remake that was all women. <laughs> yeah, that would be really important to him. I, yeah. I try not to get too far into that uh, school shooter personality too much with him because I... It's not very funny. It's not very funny. <laughs> like, yeah. When I... <laughs> I think school shooters are hilarious. Literally before <laughs> before my... Um, before my... Uh, uh, before... Uh, the Trump administration took over uh, really actually before COVID a lot of my act was talking about those kinds of dudes because that was the kind of dude that I think we were processing a lot in the zeitgeist was the, the walking Phoenix Joker type guy. And um, uh, I had a lot of material about all that stuff and uh, uh, I thought it was really fascinating and either I got tired of that or, or when I took that, philosophy to how I would be talking about Trump on stage. I just noticed that when I let my left-wing anger come out as I'm doing my Trump impression early on when I was developing it on stage, I noticed just the audience pulling back. I think people liked that I was sounding like Trump and that I was starting to get the nasal stuff right and and uh, and all that stuff, but um, uh, I could feel the material itself. I all of the material that I was doing, like we're gonna kill everybody. Everybody who doesn't like me is gonna die, and I'm gonna <laughs> pour, I'm gonna pour uh, light of fluid on all of their homes, and we're gonna we're gonna burn crosses. I was like more explicitly white supremacist and and murdery because I, you know, that sort of fit with the darkness of some of the subjects I would talk about in my standup. People well, that's also that's like uh, that's like standups on Twitter, like, yeah. uh, and I I'm guilty of this too, where you know you'll you, you, like it's like you have a favorite comedian and and you follow him on Twitter and they're gonna be jokey, but really it's like, well, I need to talk to you about how important the Georgia Senate race is. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? <laughs> I know that. I'm aware of that. I can get that information. I engage. Someone else. I besides. engage with journalists. It's it's okay. I don't need to be told the news uh, during a yeah. comedy show, John Oliver. Uh, that's like. <laughs> Overall, that's a major issue in comedy that is just one of the million reasons why Trump comedy sucks, which there are a lot of articles being written about that right now. And I, I, right. I kind of agree. Um, I've, I've spoken to people, writers, about you know, the content of those articles and stuff, been interviewed for those. And there, there are some things to be talking about there. But one of the things that I figured out, because people are like, why is your Trump impression, why do you think it's funny? And um, it's because of the abstraction. It was about, it's about taking taking the voice that I think people because people were silent and listening obviously it had something the cartwheel I was doing was interesting but the material of it would make everybody feel nasty I mean you don't want to hear 
Stephen yeah, Colbert telling soaking you soaking in it every day. You don't I mean, want to like, hear great comedians tell you what he did. You already heard Don Lemon crying about it for four hours before you went yeah. to bed. Right. So, so um, uh, abstracting it and making it about um, banjo kazooie or um, you know Nilla wafers or something um, uh, that definitely helped uh, kick into what stand up and comedy I think are supposed to do, which is supposed to be. I, it, not that it's supposed to, it's just supposed to make you laugh, but it's people stopped laughing. So how do I get it into that thing where we're actually doing the late night comedy thing, processing the news of the day and getting it out and falling asleep and not having a nightmare. Um, and uh, the abstractions, uh, I don't know. It's been good for me. It's been, you know, it's brought people to my Twitter page and stuff, uh, finding out, finding the right abstractions. Um and I can't do it too incelly. I have to make him charming. That's the that's the yeah. rub of it. It's got to be you've got to like my Trump while you're watching, or you won't watch it for more than a minute. So yeah. Well, we're gonna need we're gonna need your charm because we brought you on for a very specific purpose, James Austin Johnson, and not to do your Trump impression. Thank God, but because <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. There's not gonna be that much singing, but there's gonna be a little bit more singing, James. I it, uh, it's okay. a 2020 haters guide. To the Williams-Sonoma catalog. Woo! Yay! That's terrific. Mm. Are you familiar right. with the catalog? I, you know what? I love um, Williams-Sonoma. I thought they were they were great. I'm doing a Trump bit now in my regular voice because you asked me not to do the impression. No, you can do... No, no, know, no. You know, no, no. you know yeah, Williams-Sonoma were really great. They got the Hold On for Just One More Day song. I thought that was a <laughs> really good one. And those are some beautiful ladies. I think she ended up doing Spy and she ended up doing... <laughs> the girl boss and all the rest of them. I think she's really good. And we loved her in Gilmore Girls. Probably better than all the rest of them. <laughs> so here's, how, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to – I have the catalog in front of me. You, uh, James Austin Johnson and David Roth, do not have that advantage. I'm going to describe the item to you, and you have to guess the price. All right? So this is, this is classy podcasting. This is not low-rent podcasting you're part of right now, James Austin Johnson. This is – this luxury, is the elegant shit. Mm. So are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready for, for Williams-Sonoma, guess it or mess it, or whatever you said. All right. We well. got, uh, first up, we got the all-clad uh, four-square digital waffle maker with removable plates. Uh, it has settings that include classic Belgian berry, chocolate buttermilk, and gluten-free. Savor the ultimate waffles, then seize the day. All-clad makes it easy. How much does that cost? James Austin Johnson. Oh, my God. Okay, so this is a nice waffle iron with some digital settings and removable plates. Yes, removable um, plates. You can get a low-end um, sort of Mickey Mouse-shaped uh, waffle iron, I think, in the twenty nine ninety nine range. I'm going to bump this up because it's Williams-Sonoma, and it's only the best. Um, I'm going to say one seventy nine ninety nine. I'm going to go up that Roth, high. Roth, can what I, is your guess? So this is... Uh, Neither here nor there, but uh, would you be willing to tell me if this waffle iron has a USB port or is Bluetooth ena enabled? It is not Bluetooth enabled. It is new and exclusive. All right. So that means theoretically it could be upgraded so that you could do use your phone to make I will say it, it has a digital display, but I see no uh, USB or USB-C uh, outlet. All right. That's, that's for the best. Uh, that does uh, impact things a bit. I think... Uh, James is in the the right ballpark. 
I'm going to go under just using the, the price is right part of my brain, but I feel like it's probably, it's certainly three figures. I will say it is one twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, that's where you're wrong. James Austin Johnson was closer. The price is $299.95. Whoa, oh, my goodness. So if you added my guess to his guess, oh my God. you're just about there. I was gonna suggested go. retail price was $400, so you'd be a fool not to buy it. Oh, my God. I was going to say $229.99, and then I thought, no, couldn't possibly. It's a waffle iron. It, it's, it's, it's a hot sandwich plate. <laughs> and you just I like it. it has I, settings that you're just like, well, I don't want a Belgian waffle. I want more of a, a classic waffle. Oh man, I guess I guess though I mean, but it doesn't to me. It doesn't seem like that's that's a big difference between classic waffle. You just swap out no. for the thinner for the thinner grade of 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 recession in the in the plate, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's so you can clean them. Really, I think yeah, which it, is right? the reason why. I mean, if I had a waffle iron, why I wouldn't use it would be that they seem really annoying to clean. Oh, I, I think the I like I think the novelty of a wa- waffle iron wears off after you're like nineteen. Like, like my college ham in the dining hall, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can have a Belgian waffle anytime <laughs> I want." And then, like by like by March, I was like, "Oh, that fucking waffle iron." You know what you hated is what it wasn't the waffle iron; it was the batter that they gave you to put in the waffle iron, and and it's very like gray, sad batter. The the nasty little wet sand that they give you to pour in that waffle iron is <laughs> yeah. always so depressing, and a and ladle sticking out of it. It's so Just funny like that staring at you. I know, right? Like, shouldn't <laughs> why why isn't it the it must. It has to be something to do with if, if a, an economic concern. But why isn't the standard continental waffle the thin Waffle House style waffle? To me, that is a better and more yummy waffle. I think that the Belgian waffle is too aerated. I I honestly hate a Belgian waffle, and yet we've taken this thing that's kind of uh, schmancy and and put it into the continental breakfast arena, the the college uh, uh, cafeteria <laughs> arena, and really. We've truly murdered the idea of that ever being good, at least the in my culinary head. thunderdome that is the breakfast serving at a <laughs> college. Yeah, know. and the the murder scene around it, like the Pillsbury Doughboy was, you know, yes. gunned down like, by a rival uh, dough gang. He's he's splattered <laughs> all over the the orange juice thing. It's really sad. I hate a belt. Uh, it's it's time to get to uh, it's time to get to coffee makers. These the big ticket items: Breville good. brew with the best. Perk up their day with barista-worthy espresso at the touch of a button. No cafe required. The one I'm going to ask you about to get the guess the price on is the Breville Oracle Touch espresso machine. Automatically makes espresso, americano, latte, flat white, and a cappuccino. How much does Madonna. that cost, James Austin Johnson? All right, espresso machine. Um, so, you know, in, in Hot Girl, the season finale of, uh, season one of The Office, uh, Michael Scott gets an espresso machine to impress Amy Adams, and he spends a thousand dollars on it. So I feel like we are, we're already in four numerals here, four figgies here. And I, I'm gonna go, if it is a, a Breville, you said, and that is, yes, that's a nice brand. Um, that's a nice brand. I'm going to say two, two grand. I'm going to go high on this one because I'm feeling like... Two grand even. Yeah, All right. Uh, well, yeah. what do you say? Sure. Yeah, this actually sounds like the coffee machine that they had at Vice when I worked there. Like, Ooh. probably a smaller version of it. 
But I remember that being both an extraordinarily uh, complicated and sophisticated device, and then also something that, because it was poorly installed every day at 3 p.m. after a sufficient number of cups of coffee had been made, it would just barf coffee grounds all onto the ground (laughs) in the the, little cafeteria area, and someone would have to clean it up. Oh, like man, the most, that is fucking crazy, man. It was just the most overt metaphor for what it was like to work at that company imaginable. It's like luxurious <laughs> experience, but then like every day because it's not right, it's just like, Bleh, and then someone has to. <laughs> um, I will say that given that this is more of a personal size and not a, a vice dining area size, uh, yes. let's say sixteen ninety nine. Mm. Okay, once again, uh, James, you are uh, closer. The, the correct price is uh, $2,499.95. Oh, uh, man. Down from the suggested retail price of $3,750. So. I should have asked if it had Bluetooth again. This is That's <laughs> actually on me. By the way, I'm going to correct you, James. It was Amy Ryan, I believe, who was uh, oh, yeah. Paramore on The Office. And I only say that not to not to be a dickhead, even though I am. But because I find Amy Ryan to be underutilized. Hey, I Hollywood. love Amy Ryan when she first appears in the show starting in, I'm going to say, season five or six. I'm talking about season one, Amy Adams guest star, Pam 2.0. Pam feels threatened because Jim is has eyes for Amy Adams' character. And, and oh, so it was Amy it Adams. It was Amy yeah. Adams, Oscar winner All Amy Adams, right Fresh off of Junebug, but right before A-list explosion. You know what I mean. This is Amy. She they, was great. In they June caught. Bug, uh, oh, Junebug's an incredible movie. Have you? Yep. Is there a better line read than Amy Adams' character saying the F word for the first time in her life? <laughs> I, she also she has a line there that says, uh, "God loves you." Uh, too much to let you stay that way. I, I botched that line, but it was a really good line. I always man. There's just it, that's that whole movie is it's it's it, underappreciated gem. Much we love June. Hey, uh, how about some croissants, guys? Would you like some croissant? Mais oui, c'est bon ça. Oh, qu'est-ce que c'est le problème? Because uh, uh, <laughs> start. You're do, you were thinking about doing that one in the Han Han voice all the way through. <laughs> <weren't you? laughs> start every day with the flavors of a European cafe. Buttery, flaky, and perfectly French. These are Galaxy Classic and Chocolate Croissants exclusive. A set of 30. 30 chocolate and regular croissants, James. How much does that cost? These are pre-baked croissants, just in a bundle. I th- I believe they are pre, pre-baked. I don't think they are par-baked. Just, Trader Joe's makes a fine par-baked just, one. Just made, just made croissants, and you buy them at Williams-Sonoma. Not a bakery. Yeah, 30 of them. 30. Um... Ah, uh, why? Okay, why? Why? First of uh, all, for to treat yourself <laughs> and your family, but to a delicious continental treat. How big is your family? This is like only I see. It's it's the quantity and it's the staleness that I'm concerned about, and I yeah. don't know why a, a high end brand like Williams Sonoma is uh, uh, giving me something that was made already at, like weeks ago, and then I'm supposed to distribute it before it becomes. Literal trash. I think this it's is, already. Actually, this trash. is the fun of the catalog, though. Is every year they have stuff that's like just the most obvious Trader Joe's frozen items, where they're like spinach pies, as you've never experienced them before, and it's <laughs> like it really is just about seeing how ballsy they can be about marking stuff up, where they're like a spring roll, taste the Orient. That's <laughs> you know, like ten cents worth of ingredients, Grandma. Well, we the don't other really. Got- we don't really say the Orient anymore. <laughs> the, the other thing you got to remember is that the, the catalog, even this year, is geared for people entertaining. Uh, and so you're getting th- you, this is 2020? You know, 30 croissants for brunch, essentially, 
And this is like the segment of, of liberal America that absolutely eschews masks because, oh, I, my friends, they're fine. Like that, like that sort of suburbanite. So, well, uh, anyway, we all, we all had it last week and that's what killed her grandma. <laughs> yep. and, and yep. she, So everybody yep. who's going to die of it has already died of it. And we, it was, it was not fun. Let me tell you, it's not fun, but I'm not going to let that stop me from having You got to do life. You've got to do life. Uh, um, give, I'm gonna, give me a price. I'm going to put that at thirty nine ninety nine for no reason. What a bad product. Roth. I think it's incredibly audacious that they would gear this year's catalog towards large format entertaining. <laughs> I know. That is ridiculous. Unbelievable. Uh, 60 bucks. Uh, you are the closer one. It's $72. Hell Gross. yes. Why? <laughs> Why would these be more than 125 a unit is what I'm thinking. Well, they improve right up until the point where they stop improving, of course. And then uh, you can make uh, delicious, buttery, decadent breadcrumbs from them. Huh. You know, what's funny is my mom, when I was a kid, she would take me to Vita France. She would call it Vita France, and I still call it Vita France. And I, I, don't, I don't think anybody else calls it Vita France. But, uh, and I was like, oh, my God, this is the classiest food I've ever eaten. And my son now, because there's one like a mile from us, like that's his treat, too. So we go in and like there may as well be like a fucking accordion playing. He's like, oh my god, it's like we're in Gay Paris. Like I don't know this it. place. Is this is like a, a chain of like patisserie type things. Imagine all bon pan, but not that bad. Okay, and you have Vita France. Well, it sounds fine. I'm into it. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll take James. It. Are you are you ready? Uh, we're back in the uh, we're back in the coffee sphere with the Breville Smart Grinder. Pro Canonical Burr Grinder mm. uh, in Damson Blue, I should note. Ev- elevate everyday living with Breville's next level kitchen innovation. So, this is a burr grinder, which really grinds my burrs. But it comes in blue. So, what's the price on that? Man, I, I bet Alexander Hamilton really wished he had a burr grinder. Uh, there he <laughs> is. Yeah. Oh, terrific. Oh, oh, oh. So he said he wasn't going to do any Ta-da. political humor, but he's fearless. At, <laughs> ask He'll the, go there. Ask the burser. Um, uh, I've I, I worked in the it, is selling merch in the lobby of Hamilton uh, on, at the Pantages in Los Angeles, and I Hell heard yeah. the entire three and a half hour show, like s- seven or eight times a week for oh my god something <laughs> like five or six months. Um, and I can do a lot of the show. I was going to say, like, can you please don't? Please don't. I'm please not don't going to. I don't. I, I really don't want to. I, that, do it as Trump. That's okay. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like I I don't love the show, but I'm blown away by the performances. That does that make mm-hmm. any sense? Does anybody understand? Yeah. That no. Sort no. Of? I I watched the Disney Plus one. Yeah. And I was like, this is a fantastic. Just immaculate production. I will never watch it again. <laughs> it's not for yeah. me. I'm not 14, but yep. uh, love Leslie Odom. Ooh, what a stud. Okay, um, so uh, Burr Grinder, Breville. Breville's a high-end brand. Uh, yep. uh, Grinder does one thing, but um, one thing doesn't mean cheap. Uh, and you can do this hand crank with your hand. Uh, I think most baristas probably would go a hand crank on this. But if you insist on having a needless appliance in your in your house that apparently looks beautiful and comes in damson blue. Mm. Yeah. Um, my favorite blues. I'm, it does look quite handsome. I really think it's not going to be much over a hundred and I'm going to put it at one nineteen. All right. Roth. So I recently had to buy a coffee grinder, uh, because I destroyed the old coffee grinder that we had. And as one does. Yeah. I wound up getting just like 
the cheap, like a blade one, because of how incredibly, like implausibly expensive burr grinders were. I didn't know that. The one that we had, we got as a wedding gift, and then it worked for, you know, whatever, 11 years, and uh, then sort of timed out. Our, our marriage, of course, is doing fine, uh, but the God coffee grinder you. did not make it's it. Fine. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, I would say it's fine. I don't want to overstate anything. Uh, but these are expensive items. I will say that this is... Two ninety nine ninety nine, and I wouldn't be surprised if oh, it was I feel more. rotten. I feel what, rotten. What was your guess, James? I said one nineteen, and now I want to say three hundred frick frickin' fifty. No, you win. Dollars. You win. You're closer. It's one ninety nine ninety five. Oh, you overshot, Mister. Yeah, so it's, it's typical. So you were you were you were sort of, still sort of in the Bed Bath and Beyond price range. So you just got bumped up a little bit. By the way, mm-hmm. coffee grinders make I would argue the most annoying noise of any household appliance of any like, machine. I, yeah, like blenders are annoying and food processors are annoying, but a coffee grinder is really shrill. It's like, yeah, yeah, but it's over quick, and for some reason, a treadmill is is never done. I I I think a treadmill can be a very disturbing sound. You know what I mean? It's it's rhythmic yeah. until it's not until it until the person upon it gives out, and uh, it's that shifting rhythm. I think, but the the burr grinder, you know, it's going to be over in thirty seconds. You know, you don't have that a lot of time to listen to that. This is true. This is true. All right, let's take a break and come back, and we'll finish up the Haters Guide. We're back. We're back. We got hate more shit. James Austin Johnson, our next item, the legendary, iconic, and I mean, I actually mean that somewhat literally, uh, the KitchenAid ProLine stand mixer. Every good yuppie has a KitchenAid stand mixer. I actually don't, uh, as yuppified as I am. This one, uh... Is uh looks like it appears to be in uh, medallion silver. That is the color, and uh, and it has sort of like a a, a beautiful chrome seven quart mixing bowl. And in the uh, in the catalog, there's a hunk of Stilton resting right next to it, as <laughs> would be natural in any uh, kitchen worth its salt. So, beat that how much up. is the KitchenAid ProLine seven quart stand mixer? Stand mixer. Stand mixer. This is a stand mixer is is a pretty intense item. I think you can. Yeah, it's got heft. You've got. It's got a paddle. I think you're you know. at, at least in the six to eight hundred range on the low end, maybe of one of these things. Maybe a little lower. I feel like this one is expensive. I feel like we are at seventeen ninety nine ninety nine. I feel like this is an expensive item. Wow. All right, so that's your guess, seventeen ninety nine. I'm thinking, maybe, yeah, probably. Maybe. Man, I really right. hope it's not that Wrong. much because this is another thing we got for our wedding. And if somebody really spent that kind of money on us for something that we use three times a year to make like cookies, that would <laughs> feel terrible. Uh, I hope that this is more on the order of like five ninety nine ninety nine. Okay, uh, you're correct. They, uh, no one would spend that much on you, Roth. Uh, it was six hundred twenty nine ninety five. Okay, so you yes. were hell yeah. Damn, this, I need to I tap into s- my inferiority complex if I'm going to catch up here. Man, it was right at my floor of, of uh, guesses. Now, now I'm going to really confuse you guys because now we're in Instant Pot land. So yeah. Okay. William Snow, not not above selling you an Instant Pot, but this time there's a twist. This is the Instant Pot. It's Pro expensive. Crisp eight quart. Pressure cooker and air fryer. And so it's, air fryer. So it's an instant pot and an air fryer 
all at once. Homemade meals are ready in minutes when you leave the cooking to these game-changing electrics. What would that cost? Okay. So the the base uh, instant is it the brand Instant Pot? What's the brand? The brand is Instant Pot. So it's made by Instant Pot. I know that yeah. the this is an item that you buy from an entire shelf of them at Target. This is this is a two hundred dollar or less Target purchase. The addition of the air fryer changes it up a little bit. And you know what? I'm a big Food Network head. I watch a lot of Food Network uh, when you're in the entertainment business, and you specifically you're an actor, character actor type person. You get tired of scripts, and you get tired of fiction, and you just need Bobby Flay to beat amateur chefs to a pulp. Uh, <laughs> and they give me uh, lots of advertising about ninja all-in-one devices that mm-hmm. fold up and fold out and allow you to clean underneath them and stuff like that. Instant Pot. I've got one. I like it. Uh, my chef friends don't like Instant Pots. They say, eh, just use a pressure cooker. And I'm like, no, I'm an idiot. And they're like, okay. So uh, an Instant Pot by itself is like, that's like 100, maybe 120 at the most. And then I add in the air fryer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to put this at uh, one... Uh, 89. I'm going to be very charitable and, and say that this is... I'm going to try to go lower than, uh, than, I, than my instinct is telling me. I'm going to say... Rolf, what, what is your guess? Yeah, the thing is always about factoring in that Williams-Sonoma factor, which is that uh, they will quote a price that's like two times retail, and then they'll give you a discount on it very generously, which is... Right. I, I sense the model of the catalog. Uh. I really don't know where to begin. I don't have one of one of these. Um, it sounds like a nice product. I'd say two forty nine ninety nine. You're the closer one. It's two twenty nine ninety nine. Oh my god, that's literally the first number that came into my head, and I didn't. Wow. Didn't go oh, for it. your instincts betrayed I you. I would have had it. Your I would have had it. Your instincts right were... dead on. It's man, an instant pot is just a hot plate with walls. That's really all it is. <laughs> it's like barely. It's barely that magical, but for some reason, the fact that you seal it like a like a uh, one of those hurt locker things, you like you, yeah. it, It's this device that you just like you can truly forget about what's in there and walk away. You're paying for the, you're paying for the gasket. You basically. set it and forget it. You, you, you oh man, it's and it's wonderful, and you can make. I I just it's a slow cooker. It's it's just a twenty dollar <laughs> crock pot, and it's got a little digital clock on it. That's the only difference. By the way, this is not the only thing in the catalog that is a combo with an air fryer. There's also a toaster oven and an air fryer. And as someone who has been air fryer curious since quarantine began, now that I know it can be worked into just other appliances, the mystique is gone for me. Or it's like, what? oh, I can just buy a fucking toaster oven. What the hell the is air, fry. air frying? Because it's not, I don't it's not dropping cooking. anything in oil. It's not yeah, like it's convection cooking. It's, it's like convection super high co- heat so convection stuff. Why do they say oh. air frying? Because there's no there's no frying happen. You're not frying. Sit, quit saying frying. I know what I frying is. Well, you people know the fantasy of fries without the frying. Yeah. So then, if I have a convection, sizzle. my oven has a convection setting. Is my oven an air fryer? If you will it, it is no dream, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, very David. Very you're out of your oh. element. I am well, I'm, I'm admittedly quite far out of my element. Real quick right before we go on, this is a stray Trump thought that I've had. Why did John Goodman never have a like sober, like uh, muted backdrop commercial where he looked in the camera and said, "Donald, you're out of your element." 
like, and, like, like he... <laughs> and shilled for some shitty candidate. Why did why did he a better a better Democratic Party would have reached out to him? Like he's available. He's... Like that guy's at like a bar in New Orleans right now and is highly approachable. He did. He's, I... he's doing lottery commercials now, where he's he's doing like Japanese lottery commercials, where his head's on a worm and stuff. He's he's available. <laughs> But I think that's it. I think John Goodman's sort of agnostic in that regard. I'm like, sure he is. Like, he just wants to just do basic work. And, like, by the way, he's skinny now. He's, like... Yeah. He's, like, he's, 200 pounds. And I, it's one of those things, like, Al Roker, where I'm, like, I can't... It disturbs me that you're skinny. <laughs> he oscillates, like, enough that I worry about his health. Hey, are you ready for more useless yeah, 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 uh, yeah. countertop appliances? Uh, because it's time for bread makers... You have to do a bread maker. Uh-oh. The, uh, the Crux GG, I think that's, it's, it's spelled C-R-U-X-G-G. I think you say Crux GG, or you could be Crux Yeah, it's that Collection two-pound bread maker. The warm, welcoming aroma of fresh bread baking is the best gift of all. How much does this bread maker cost, James? Four ninety nine. All right. That's, that's. The decimal point is after the nine. After right? after the after the nine. Four ninety nine. Four ninety nine dollars. Okay, Roth, you. When you said the phrase "do a bread maker," it uh, I heard that in James's Trump voice. We're this is what's happened to my maker. mind. <laughs> We're gonna do a ninja foodie. So ninja foodie <laughs> is really wonderful. Wings at home. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate in luxury. I have no idea how much a bread maker costs. That was something that somehow the quarantine wasn't long enough for me to become a bread boy. Uh, let's say four ninety nine sounds right. I'll go lower just for yucks, but that does sound say three fifty. Uh, you are you are closer. It's only one sixty nine. Oh, nice. oh, okay. Because they they know that bread makers and rice cookers are among the more profoundly. Useless but extremely prolific countertop appliances. So I assume that, that like actual bread people look down on bread makers very, uh, very strongly as the same. They got it right. That's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. We've been we have been making a lot of bread in quarantine. My wife is a big baker. We are using our stand mixer. We are making <laughs> starters and stuff. And it's one of those things that yes, you can with simple technique and prep and time do it really low-fi. I mean, it, it is bread. They talk about it in the frickin' Bible. It yeah. is, it, it's bread. So I would think that because it's so low-fi, because it's actually easy if you are learning the craft of it, wouldn't you rip off dummies with your bread maker? Wouldn't you just, like, fleece them for all they got? I thought it was higher, much higher than yeah. what it ended up being. Uh, how about uh, the Keurig of uh, bartending? Would you guys like to hear more the about this? A I actually would yes. not like to hear about that, but I suppose <laughs> too that's bad. the game we're playing. Drew, Tough you're upsetting for our you guest. Because uh, this is the Bartesian Premium Cocktails Bartesian. on Demand. Inspire creative cocktailing <laughs> and glam garnishing because beauty in the bar is in the barware of the beholder. Okay, so let me explain this machine to you if I can. <laughs> Does it pour uh, liquids into a glass for you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, it's like a, it's like a Keurig. This is an you adult open it up. is you, what you're describing. But yeah, you open it up, you stick a pod in. It doesn't like and you, it doesn't like distill though like a potato and turn it into vodka, no, right? No, I mean, it's no, not no, it's no. not a Keurig where it's like brewing something. It's no, it's, it's just bullshit. It's it like extrude, somehow you're making you're making an something. old fashioned, but you're not actually going into the. 
like the cocktail making part of it. You just have this pod, you put a glass under it, you slam the pod down, you hit a button, and there's your cocktail. What Appalling. is that? This shouldn't this exist. Is, what, what is this? What does this cost, James? This is the machine, not the pods. Uh, how big does it look? Does it is it the size it, of a office's Keurig of of a, of a <laughs> uh, auto dealership's uh, Keurig? I I would say, except okay, so it's got like it kind of looks like it looks like a bathroom scale, except there's a tower sticking out of it, and that's the uh, that's the pump. Huh. And then <laughs> and then there's a little little strip of rubber in front of it to place your cocktail down on, like a like a bar mat. Oh, and then okay. little, little. I don't even know what the fuck these are. They look like glasses, but they have tops, so they look like beakers dr- for drink thermos. I'm envisioning. I'm envisioning a Lego SpaceX uh, launch set without the rocket. <laughs> that's sort of what I'm like picturing in my head. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. With a little Elon uh, and Grimes minifigs in the corner. Um, <laughs> So, uh, uh, let's see. This device is so stupid that I can't imagine that <laughs> because it doesn't really do much, and it, I imagine it doesn't have that many components, I'm, I don't think it could be more than $300. I'm going to say I'm going to say 279 for some reason. All right, Roth. I agree with everything James said, especially the stupid part, except for the fact that because it is so stupid and gratuitous, like because you're basically describing like an adult juicero experience like i feel like it has to be way more money okay like just because it's like if you're gonna try to sell somebody this if you're gonna be like we put a drink in a bag and then we built a machine (laughs) that smushes it out of the bag for you because you can't figure out how to like mix two alcohols together in a cup like that has to be like 579.99 Wow. Okay, you went too far. It is okay. three forty nine ninety five. Right. But in general, I would adhere to the uh, the philosophy that the stupider it is, the more it's going to cost. Yeah. Uh, the times I've been wrong on this is when I've really like. I remember taking a huge swing the first one of these we did back with with Tim back at the old website. There was like a champagne saber listed, and I was like, "Well, no one needs that. It has to be a thousand dollars." And it was like thirty nine ninety nine. Like they'll just send you a sword. <laughs> and you'll get, like, change on two, two $20 bills. I think I tried doing a champagne saber once at, like, a wedding. And there's, like, there's like a technique to it that only, like, a French sommelier knows. Everyone, every American who tries it is just basically trying to karate chop it. <laughs> I was going to say, just waving a sword around wildly. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you, you hire an expert for that. Yeah. All right, two more. We're, we're still in the alcohol uh, sphere uh, this is the Coravin Model 6 wine opener. So are hmm. you familiar with, uh, James, are you familiar with, like, the rabbit? The, uh, the rabbit? Corkscrew. Corkscrew. Yeah. Is that, uh, is it, uh, does it look like a rabbit head and you split its ears? Is, is that what is being rabbited? Yeah, I mean, they, it kind of looks like a rabbit, but they take liberties with that. Like, basically, it's a corkscrew where you put it over the, the, the wine bottle, yeah. you you. You pull a lever, and then you put the lever back up, and then presto, the cork is gone. So, like, what you're describing is, like, one ear, basically. Yes. Yeah, so, this is, uh, this does that, but it's also like an aerator. So, you keep it attached to the, the, the top of the wine bottle, and then you, you tip over the wine bottle into the glass. You push a button, and then it dispenses the wine into the glass. That sounds very labored and unnecessary, but yeah. that's what this catalog is about. That's what you're paying for. What do you think something like that would cost? Um, 
I, a corkscrew, which is a dollar ninety nine, right? In a gas station, and it says Palm Beach on the side of it. Yeah. Um, so you you're elevating that with a power. It powered. It's powered. Uh, Ooh, is it powered? Or is it hand? It doesn't hand powered. It doesn't. Or? It doesn't look like it's powered. So this is you're still doing the labor. You're still cranking it with your hand and, and like a common pro like yeah. uh, I should note that the formal title is that it is a wine preservation system. Okay. <laughs> so technically I don't of, know what that like a, a I don't know what that means. Okay. Uh, I uh, this is this is a stupid device but I can't imagine it costing more than $99. I'm going to say $89. Okay, Roth, what about you? Let's say 69.99. Okay, you're both wrong. It is three hundred ninety nine dollars and Come on, man! An How? Okay, an aerator that you put on the end of the wine bottle is fourteen ninety nine, and a device to get the corkscrew off any wine bottle, no matter how chic and aged, is twenty nine ninety nine at the most. I can't believe that this device is. What did you say? Three what? Three hundred ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Four hundred. It's four hundred dollars. Yes. Yeah. Can I just double uh, Bluetooth or no? No, no, it didn't look like it. I have to say, Ridiculous. by the way, before I before I quit drinking, I went to someone's house and they had an aerator uh, stopper in the wine. So really, it was like it was like ten bucks. Like you stuck it in the wine, and it it put bubbles of air into it as it was going into the glass. And I was like, this is great. This makes a big difference. So I was totally sold on it at that price for four hundred dollars. Yeah. A little less so. You guys ready for the final item? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, I also want you to guess what the final item would be, but I'm not going to do that because we don't have time. James, our final item uh, was inevitable. It's a Yeti. It's a Yeti cooler. The Yeti V-Series cooler. America's cooler. New item number 35-161-3881. Uh, this is a full-size Yeti cooler. So... Not like the drink koozie that costs thirty bucks that like magically keeps right. your coffee hot. Oh, I love Yetis. We we use a lot of Yetis in our home. It's one of these brands that we stick by. I'm partial to Tervis because I like pictures of Darth Vader on the <laughs> the cups that I carry around to places. And unfortunately, Yeti does not yet allow. Uh, uh, pictures of Darth Maul to to grace their products, and Shame. you can only get ones with like a lot SEC of Yetis. A lot, lot of Yetis. We're doing. We're gonna do a Yeti. We're gonna do yeah. a Yeti. Uh, we're doing the so Yetis. So this is a full size cooler igloo. Full size cooler igloo style. Maybe a turkey. You could brine a turkey in it. You could. You know what? You could absolutely brine a turkey in this. Okay. So this is a big boy. I'm gonna say three ninety nine. All right, Roth. Your final guess of the day. Nothing more thoroughly exposes me as a rootless cosmopolitan liberal media elite than not knowing how much a fucking Yeti cooler costs. I assumed that because they were status symbols that they were very expensive. Uh, Yeah. $300 is still a lot. Everything you just described sounds like someone who would know what a Yeti is. Yeah. Who wouldn't I uh, be? Who would I be if I didn't know uh, what a Yeti uh, cooler cost? Right. Um, Is this product uh has it been endorsed by brett Favre? no it has not okay uh that would that would uh factor into my calculations let's say so james said like 349.99 or something like that mm-hmm. 
think that's uh, what I let's say it's recording. let's say um more than that let's say four hundred dollars oh well that was wise of you because it's eight hundred dollars come on how <laughs> no is there you guys were very, very good participants in this year's Haters Guide. I Is that even? Thank I feel be, like I'm being patronized right now. Well, that's because you are. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> tough. Well, you're very nice to do it. I appreciate the thought. Uh, James, do you have anything you want to plug before we go? I would like you to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at ShrimpJAJ. And not only that, I would like you to listen to my podcast, What Things Are What Things, uh, where each week uh, my friend Zach Pugh and I uh, discuss uh, what things are what things with a uh, guest and with celebrities appear on the show all the time. People like Bobby Flay, Bob Dylan, um, Mark Boland's <laughs> Bobby Flay, Mark Boland's ghost uh, from the band T Rex. Um, oh, loved him. He, he'd be ooh. so good at that sort of thing. Oh, too. he's really good at that kind of game. And you know, uh, comedians from the L.A. and New York um, podcast uh, comedy scenes, stand-up scenes. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. So uh, you can hear clips of it on my Instagram and uh, Twitter. Uh, fun character comedy mixed with a uh, inane uh, discussion game show, kind of like what we did here today with the Williams Sonoma yeah. thing. Maybe one day we'll do what uh, pointless um, feet uh, uh, patrician kitchen appliances are. <laughs> Signifiers are oh, are what um, you know, cool uh, uh, journalists. You know, maybe maybe you we'll really, do something like that one time. You, do you have a Mark Bolin voice? That's an incredible yeah, thing to I have in your Mark pocket. Yeah, I do Mark Bolin, and I do, I do a lot of rockers. I do a lot of singing impressions that there's no place for them other than my own vanity podcast. Like, where, who's going to let me do David Longstreth of the Dirty Projectors for an extended period of time <laughs> other than myself? I would myself. let you do that. Yeah, you know, so, so listen to my podcast, and uh, you can hear all of those. And then also... Um, uh, 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 you know, uh, what else? Uh, t- look, uh, keep your eyes peeled for me when Hollywood comes back. I might be um, a a cop with two lines in something on a procedural <laughs> at some point. Uh, I'm, that's what I'm pushing with my people this year. Get me at the murder scene. I really want to be in one of those shows that my mom watches. Where if I'm not standing near Nathan Fillion, you're fired. I want to be <laughs> standing next to Nathan Fillion looking at an iPad and saying, the semen was in the microchips. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know my mom will be watching it and folding clothes and think, oh, he's, he's so talented. He looks good. Boss, you better come take a look at this. That's the lie. Uh, you're, uh, 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 mur- murder guy is trending. I, do you know how many times I have been in an audition room holding up an iPad and saying, it's trending? That's, that's what they think my face says. Well, you're a great, great guest. I hope you come back next year for the Haters Guide. And, hey, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah yeah. and happy holidays to everybody out there. We have to, we, it's that time of year. We have to do it. Brandon Nix is our producer and engineer. Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. Our theme song was written performed by the fantastic Kirk Hamilton. You also get ad-free episodes of The Distraction only on Stitcher Premium. And thanks to us, me being Roth, and me, and of course, President Donald Trump right there. Merry uh, Christmas, everyone. Pre- Have a wonderful yeah. Christmas and a beautiful Jesus, and I hope everybody does really <laughs> great with Hanukkah and... In respect to Easter and all of it, I think everybody's doing great presents and we'll have a wonderful, wonderful polar bear with Mr. Jesus and Mr. Santa. So wonderful America and goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Distraction on ABC Network Sports.
<laughs> you can get a free month of Stitcher Premium right now. Go to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code DISTRACT. Don't forget to rate, review, review and subscribe. Wherever it is that you listen, and go subscribe to Defector.com, too, and get yourself a gift subscription, Defector.com slash Holiday Dash Gift. James Austin Johnson, thank you so much, Rob. Yeah, man. Thank Thanks. you so much. We'll see you again next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.